Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Paul Emig, our Green and Gold Analyst, now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Good holiday season to you now, Paul. What's going on, man? Bill, man, how are you? I'm doing okay. I am doing uh, doing well. Um, I, I got We were sitting there talking a lot last night about this Packers team, and I'm just going to start off by asking you the same question we had discussed last night. So the Packers, let's just say they get a win in New York. What type of a win would make you feel good? Wow. Um, you know, I think at this point, these next few games, they don't, I mean, they don't, you know, they're not going to mean a lot because, I think even the, the players have acknowledged, and Aaron Rodgers after the game, like they failed a really big test. And there's no amount of, you know, okay, let's go full school analogy. There's no amount of, like, small quizzes throughout the week that are going to make up for failing the big exam. You know, like it's, it's, it's hard to crawl your way back up from a major failure. So, I, you know, if they lose, oh, my gosh, you know, the, you know, the sky might be falling. Mm-hmm. If they, but if they win – I don't really think there's anything, and this isn't necessarily fair, because I know it's hard to win in the NFL and we can go through all the cliches, but until, really, until the Vikings game, December 23rd, they just kind of have to chug along. You know, it's, it's kind of like when the Bucks beat up on the Bulls or the Bucks beat up on the Hawks. Or the Bucks. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it does, and it's fun, and it's entertaining and whatever else, but, you know, until they face the Clippers or the Lakers or the 76ers, like, it's all just kind of window dressing, so... I don't know, Bill. I think they could win by 30, and it, it wouldn't erase the fact that they got womped by the 49ers. At least that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I uh, I want to say that if I see the offense spreading the ball around, I want to say that if I see the offense not just focusing on Devontae, but you know, just kind of including everybody, getting back to what they did, going back to the Oakland game, the Kansas City game, before Devontae came back, if I, if I see that, and I see them doing it effectively, getting defensive stops, extending drives on third down, getting off the field on third down. I'll feel better. I won't feel great, but I'll feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's a if it's a yeah. 21-17 win and they struggle on third down on both sides of the football and we're just looking at Devontae Adams running down the field and trying to make all the plays and getting 12 targets again, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed, even with a banged-up secondary with a lot of youth back there in New York. Yeah, and to be clear, I, the outcome for me doesn't really change my mind. The the ways in which the game plan is created would help a little bit. So I think you hit on some really good points. Now, does any of does, is any of what we see Sunday going to change the fact that when the Packers play a good team, that the middle of the field defensively and the passing game is is a huge problem? No, I mean they they continue to get exposed by tight ends, and I don't think there's anything that the the Giants could or couldn't do that would make me feel better or worse about the Packers in that situation. If the Packers' offensive line holds up well, great. That's well and good. But it doesn't change the fact that you're going to probably have to play San Francisco again, and they have a much different type of front four, front seven, than you're going to see in New York, than you're going to see against Detroit coming up and all these other games. So it's still like game planning perspective, and like you said, the usage of Aaron Jones and how they fare on the other. There's going to be little things that are worth watching, and it's still valuable intel to kind of gather what type of Packers team this is going to be. But so those things, Bill, I agree with you, that are, are things that will help me feel better or worse 
about this Green Bay Packers football team. But from the true outcome perspective, I don't really care whether they win by 30 or win by three. They need to win. Um, but I, I don't know if the if the level of you know point differential would sway me one way or the other. Uh, with this uh, you know shakeup on the offensive line, let me ask you this: uh, What are you doing without Brian Balaga? Who are you moving around? I mean, uh, do you keep Alex Light there and just say, "Here, here's another shot until we can't use you anymore," or are you starting to jostle the rest of your offensive line? Well, none of it is a good answer. I mean, there's no. I don't know if there's a better answer. They all seem like bad choices. Alex Light. Um, you know, he stepped in for a few snaps earlier in the year. He looked terrible. He stepped in for a lot of snaps this past Sunday and looked awful. Um, I, I don't want to move. I mean, and most, most guys in the locker room will tell you, you don't want to move. Uh, and even David Bakhtiari hit on this a little bit on, on his interview with uh, the big show yesterday on Tuesday in Milwaukee. Um, you know, you don't usually want to move another guy and now have two players out of position. You know, Billy Turner's at right tackle and now you have a, a new guy starting at right guard. So you probably just have to live with what Alex Light gives you and cross your fingers that Brian Balaga can be back and healthy. And, I mean, the fact that, you know, he avoided a major injury, I, Bill, I will tell you, I think, let's say Balaga was out for the year, which isn't the case, okay? Mm-hmm. If he was, I might just say it's over. The, the season is they're not winning the Super Bowl. Like, that is, I think, the swing of Balaga to any other option, Alex Light, swinging out Billy Turner, whatever else you would do. I think Balaga being out for an extended period of time, which, again, he's not. He might miss Sunday's game, but, you know, oh, well, you'd rather have him for the long haul. Uh, That is how crucial Balaga, not only coming back, but coming back healthy and productive and as good as he's been for the most part of the season is. So I think I keep Alex Light, and, I, you know, you just – now, let me say this, though. It is confusing to me, and it's nice to see, like, when somebody like T.J. Lang, a former terrific offensive lineman, is posting on Twitter how he's equally as confused as I was as to why the Packers weren't adding more help on that side of the, of the offensive line to help Alex Light. So, yes, I would probably put Light out there, but I'm going to say, hey, you know, hey, Jimmy Graham, you know, I know you prefer catching passes, but you know, you're a blocker this game. You're going to sit on the right side of the offensive line, and we are going to not let that side of the offensive line get blown up. Because clearly, if you're the New York Giants or any other team that's about to play the belaga Packers, you're going to load up on on that side of the line, and you're just going to try to destroy Alex Light and get to Aaron Rodgers in the process. So um, I think that's the route I go, albeit with a lot more help, whether it be tight ends or Danny Vitale in the backfield or even an Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams type of chip block situation. So, um, you know, you, you cross your fingers that Belag is back because without him, they are in deep trouble. Um, let me ask you this, because this is the first time that this has been like adversity, okay? Uh, it, you know, you get beat on the West Coast the last time against the Chargers. It was a clunker, okay, you, you rinse it and repeat. Uh, but this time you got just, you got whooped up, and you had some coaching issues. You had Aaron Rodgers certainly uh, looking frustrated over to the sideline. Uh, a lot of targets for Devontae Adams. It seems like Matt LaFleur talked about getting away from the game plan again. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, and this is the third time he's talked about this now in the last, or the second time he's talked about it in the last three weeks. You know, one being uh, against the Chargers. Obviously, they had a pretty solid game against Carolina. Now they come back and they get just drilled by San Francisco. Um, I, I got to think that there might be something going on. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and, and the game plan, so to speak. But I'm looking for Aaron to go back to spreading the ball around and not focusing on Devontae. I, I understand about getting the ball in your playmaker's hands, but damn it, so is Aaron Jones, and he has been, yeah. and specifically leading into those two games against uh, 
uh, against the uh, the Raiders and against the Chiefs. He was very dynamic. I, I want to see them get back to that. That, to me, is where the adversity is beginning and where it should end. What do you think? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the first point I want to make is there are tons of good things about Matt LaFleur as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, even though he's a first-year head coach. There's so many positives that he has brought. I don't think anybody expected, even though there's been two pretty bad losses in the state of California, nobody still expected or most people didn't expect a, a start this good to the 2019 season and for the Packers to be in this position. However, he is still a rookie head coach with not a lot of offensive coordinator experience, much less head coaching experience. He is going to take his lumps. There are going to be things that a veteran play caller, a veteran head coach, are just going to be more experienced and therefore probably better and more adaptable in-game to, to realize, like, hey, like we're really not featured. You know, the line, and I need to change the game plan, and I need to give Alex Light more help from the tight ends and the fullback, and I need to alter on the fly. Matt LaFleur is inexperienced. There are going to be hiccups, you know, and the, I think the, the problem is the hiccups have been so loud and so, you know, so just, just dis- disruptive um, to what they've been trying to do that it's not just like, well, you know, they lost by three of the Chargers. Well, they lost by a touchdown. Like when they've lost on the road, I mean, they've lost handily, and Matt LaFleur has looked lost, you know, um, both, I think, in the way he's calling the game as well as, unfortunately, when the camera pans over to him and they show, you know, all the 49ers coaches, including Matt LaFleur's brother, and they're kind of having these smirks on their faces. And then they pan over to LeFleur on the Packers sideline, and he looks like he's just, you know, has no idea what to do. I mean, these are the challenges of bringing a first-year head coach. That is why, you know, I would say Matt LeFleur is a better head coach than Adam Gates. I would say Matt LeFleur is a better head coach than Vic Fangio and, and other than uh, other guys who have, had, who have been around the league longer. It's not just because he's inexperienced, but all of this does come from a, a spreading the ball around, uh, a not following the game plan. Or Lafleur coming back from the halftime interview, and if you saw the TV copy, he, his his comments to the sideline reporter on NBC was, "We need to stick to the game plan." Um, hey, Matt, newsflash: your game plan is garbage. You need to change the game plan. Right. Like, you know, but those are the things that I think you're going to have with with a rookie head coach that's 39 years old. He's gonna he's going to sometimes look inexperienced because guess what? He is inexperienced, and you know that that's the ebbs and flows of a first year head coach. Paul, good stuff. We will chat again uh, down the road, uh, and you have a good Thanksgiving, too, okay? You, too. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate, appreciate it, pal. There you go. Paul Lemig, our Green Gold Analyst, brought to you by Concordia University and the Veterans Affairs Department, furthering their mission through education. Go to Concordia. Uh, go to concordia.edu slash veterans. Concordia.edu slash veterans. Check it out there. And, uh, again, Concordia University Veterans Affairs Department. They do a lot of great work out there. And they bring you Paul Emig and his Green and Gold Reports. So thanks to Paul for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.